kill yourself for letting your house become a fucking dump. I was so worried you were going to say peanut butter and fluff. There's a fucking Cuban guy with stomach cramps. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast that, like my newborn daughter's attitude, is subject to change. I'm your host, Keith, and joining Uh-oh. me for this verbal potluck in which everyone brings a different subject to the table is one of my best friends. Let's meet him. He's, he's Steve. I didn't think of a nickname because this was a very much thrown together podcast, Stanvik. Hooray. How's it going, Keith? And it's going well. I just wasted 20 minutes in the grocery store because I couldn't find peanut butter. Oh, man, I ran out of peanut butter um, the other day for the first time in a long time, and I really wanted to go buy peanut butter at the store, and Marissa said, no, just wait, we'll go to Costco for the peanut butter, and you know, we didn't go to Costco for a few more days, so there were several days without peanut butter, also we could save like 50 cents, maybe, yep. so I don't know, I hope she's happy. All right, well... I hope she is too. Um, I that's all did, I want really is for my wife to be happy, right? So the happy wife, happy life. So I went How's to your the, baby. Uh, she's fine. She's prevented Danielle from being on this podcast. But I went to the the grocery store looking for peanut butter, and it mm-hmm. was literally in the far corner of like it couldn't be farther away from the front door. And I went down every aisle because I was like, I don't even know what aisle it's supposed to be down. <laughs> And That's apparently apparently it's right next to bread. And apparently the bread is right next to ice cream. So, you know, go figure. Uh, Steve, that's why I was a little late getting this started. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. I, I just kept doing research on my own, uh, my, the subject I'm bringing to the table. Because it's a, it's a real doozy. And I wanted to be sure I had all the, all the details. All right. Well, I have two rather light topics that we can start with before we get to your doozy. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So first, I I want to talk about smells, like odors. Odors. Well, any like, uh, what's the opposite? Pleasant what's, odors. Yeah. What's a pleasant Scents. odor called? A scent. Yeah, that's a good word a for perfume. it. Perfume. A fragrance. A fragrance. Um, I want to I want to talk about some of the the best smells, some of okay. the worst smells, and then some of those very divisive smells that you might love and everyone hates, or vice versa. Ooh, ooh, this is interesting because smell triggers memory. So you know. And that was Maybe. what I was going to get to as well is like, what smell, like what's a smell that triggers a like very fond memory in your mind? Hmm. All right. So That's interesting. Yeah. So we can start uh, with, let's start with some good smells. Like what are some of your favorite smells, Steve? Well, this is interesting because um, there are two, I would, I would subdivide good smells into the two types of good. One of which is appetizing okay and then one of which is um you know a pleasant smell but not one that makes you hungry like um nora just stopped by because danielle's looking for her phone so ever the opportunity opportunist she cried on mike well at least she got her cameo in 
So we're talking um, ones that make you hungry and ones that are just pleasant in general. I mean, there's something to be said about meat grilling or, or smoked meat or um, even like a, a McDonald's French fries or something. There, there's definitely a a salivating quality that um, just, I guess, fats for lack of a, I, I don't know if it's carbs necessarily don't really have an odor, but I don't know. What's the taste Are of steak called? Like umami? Umami, yeah. Is that like Salt. the same thing as the smell? So like an umami um, smell? I don't know because I think steak smells a little different than pork, which smells a little different than chicken. So I don't know. All of your animal proteins right. are going to. But your favorite you're saying flavor. is steak of those. I think that, I mean, the one that, that'll make my mouth just water yep. is, uh, yeah, just, just cooked meat, just meat plus heat in some capacity. Meat plus heat. Smoked, smoked meat, delicious. Um, wow. You know, I think you just laid cold. down like six different podcast titles that we could go with right there. <laughs> um, as long as we're going with um, smells that make mouths water, I'm going with the, the yes. pizzeria smell. I fucking love mm-hmm. the way, like almost any pizzeria smells. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a uh, a quality when you pick up a hot pizza in your car and you bring it home and you eat it and it's delicious. And the next day you get in your car and it still smells a little bit faintly like pizza. And you're like, ah, oh, a little bit like of Stevie's car used to just reek of pizza. Cause he was a pizza delivery guy, delivery guy, every guy, that guy, that guy much, but man, what a smell, yeah. what a scent. Well, it also brings me back. Right. Cause I used to go to pizzerias to like play video games, you know, arcade and mm. play the claw machine to get stuffed animals it's just it's a very pleasant smell it reminds me of food it reminds me of childhood um but steve any other great smells you think deserve a mention here so then i I think the there are odors like um or fragrances or whatever we're, we're landing on for these um, vanilla, I think, has a very pleasant smell, uh-huh. and it's it's appetizing, but it's not mouth watering. I don't, I don't smell a vanilla bean or a vanilla um, dessert of any sort and go like, oh my god, I need to eat that. It's more just, what a lovely smell, almost like um, like baked cookies kind of have that that smell. Um, oh, that is that such a good smell. Chocolate chip cookies fresh out of the oh, oven. Oh my god. Oh, speaking of. Speaking of bad smells, um, uh-huh. do you remember when your mom deep fried cookie dough? And I smelled like uh, yeah. deep fried cookie dough for like five days. <laughs> but it's still like one deep of the best things I've ever eaten. A, a lingering odor. Um, Marissa made eggplant parm uh, the other night. And it wasn't even deep fried. It was just frying for a while, some of those pieces of eggplant. And it... You know, I could smell it this morning when I woke up and came downstairs. So it, it something about oils just kind of linger. Yeah. I think um, some other smells that deserve mention here. <sighs> just like anytime you go in like a bakery or mm-hmm. or like a candy shop. Like we're all, we're, we keep going back to food because food. I was just going to say, I'm trying to think of a, I think the first one that comes to mind for me for a, a non-edible good smell is, um, and, and this is interesting because this is a situational good smell, but when you're out by 
campfire or a, a fire pit Ooh, or something yeah. at night and just smelling uh, burning wood. But then, you know, when you go inside your house and your clothes are covered in smoke, I don't like the smell of smoke then. I'm like, oh, God, I, I reek of smoke. So Yeah, it's like you just uh, slept over at Radomsky's house. Yeah, a little better than that because it's not tobacco smoke. It's true. I know. I just wanted to Cigarettes name are like drop. A special. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's this that moment of shame. It's the same Art. thing. the The phenomenon of smelling like the fire pit for you know five days afterwards, but it, at the time it seemed like a good idea. You know, it's the it's yeah. the same thing you have to do with uh, the uh, deep fried cookie dough. You know, you have to weigh right. is the immediate immediate gratification worth the five days of smelling worth that lingering yeah. assault on your nose yeah yeah I um i mean yeah, it, it depends right i i shower and i wash my clothes so the the smoke never lasts for more than a few hours after i come in but i don't even want to sit on my couch sometimes yeah but unless you're camping right i mean so this weekend we're heading up to uh sweeney's place up in the new hampshire woods and Maybe it's because it's not my house. It's, you know, his. But I'm going to get nice and smoky, stinky around a, a fire. And then I'm going to go to sleep in one of his beds. And it's it's going to be great. I'm not going to care. Is Marissa going to care? Marissa might care. But I think when she, when I smell like smoke after I come inside from sitting around a fire, she's more upset about the... Um, the potential damage to uh, the fabrics in our home than than she is about yeah. what she's smelling. I she hear you. I hear you. She's on fire. All right. What are like some of the worst smells there? Are? Like worst smells. I feel like freshly I mean, laid asphalt smells horrible. Okay. I'm gonna put that out That's there. That's interesting. I don't know how. That's a good one. If people don't feel the same way, I mean, obviously things like sewage. You know, a anything? lot of industrial smells are, are yeah. strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to go to, and this is a, a real easy one, but, um, you know, shit. Shit smells bad. Yeah. Um, that's a. B.O. That's, smells bad. Those are a couple low hanging fruits right there. They are. Uh, uh, bad breath smells bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, my coworkers just had some coffee and he's just a little, a little less aware of it than he should be. And yeah, just, he's like Mrs. Forbes. Know. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that with her, but I fully believe it. Oh, uh, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I going All say? those come from the human body. So, I mean, those are... Yeah. Maybe that's unfair for me to pick on those smells. Well, but. I think smells that come from the human body are, like, especially off-putting because you know where they come from and you're like... Right. Dude. And there's just this hygiene. Like... Yeah. And there's a fear, like, is that how, how yeah. my Do I smell like that all the time? Yeah. And another thing about some of those human smells is I think, again, it's so situational. Like if I'm out on a farm and I rarely am. Right. But if I am and there's manure everywhere, that smell doesn't bother me whatsoever. It's almost a fresh, clean smell, believe it or not. But when I'm at a WWE pay-per-view event and a heavy set uh, person beside me just reeks as if they haven't showered in a couple days like that's extremely offensive to me because i wasn't expecting to be smelling that while watching wrestling although maybe i should have been i mean that's you know well, you're so you're so right though like if a, if a smell sneaks up on you it can be so yes. bad 
But if you expect yes. it, you kind of can prepare for it. And like, you're right. Manure isn't that bad when you kind of expect it. You're outdoors. Um, but if it gets dropped on you like you're fucking Biff Tannen, then yeah, it's going to smell like mm-hmm. shit. Um, um, uh, nail polish, another bad smell. Really? I actually like how it smells. That's one of those really? divisive okay. ones, I'm going to say. All right. All right. Um, I didn't used to mind it, but then the other night, Marissa was just painting her nails next to me, and I, like I had to leave the room. It was very, it was, it was strange. Yeah, uh, as long as we're doing ones that kind of don't bother some people, but bother others, eucalyptus mm-hmm. is like the worst smelling thing I've ever smelled. Really? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you what it smells like. It's like cum times Not- ten, is what it is. Cum times ten? Yeah, like if you just okay. magnified cum smell. 10 times <laughs> right all right so I have, I have a checkered past with eucalyptus in that uh it there were eucalyptus trees in uh the area that people came came and picked us up from elementary school so we didn't have school buses i don't even know if there's eucalyptus trees like within a thousand miles of me right now so I, this is definitely not a smell yeah i'm from i have no i on. i don't know i i really don't i would doubt there are they're around here maybe they are but so didn't have school buses. So the area that we went and saw met our parents because they were out waiting for us was just covered in eucalyptus trees. So part of the year they were like in full bloom and just smelling. And I'm like, I wanted to meet my mom somewhere else. She mm-hmm. wasn't having any of my like 10 year old harebrained ideas. But um, anyway, eucalyptus smells horrible. Never plant a eucalyptus tree. If you see a eucalyptus tree, cut it down. All right. I think while you're on the subject of trees, I think most trees smell great. Yes. I think most plants smell great. Yes. Um, I'm thinking of two trees in particular at UMass, and I think there were more than two of them, but there were two kind of on that main drag right in the center of campus that would get these, they would just become heavy with some sort of fruit. And I don't know if it was a crab apple or a, uh, a yeah. nature peach <laughs> or something, but they would just drop those fruits and they would explode on the ground and holy shit that was a horrible smell that would linger for about i don't know 20 or 30 yards worth of a, of a walk to class when you would go by those two trees at the certain time of year oh man they were horrible i i can't put my nose on the smell if you will um mm-hmm. but i can picture the tree and yeah. i feel for you i really do um just bad just anything rotten really oh oh here's one when you cook up some chicken right yeah but then you throw the pack away in the garbage and oh you, just, you know my god um, a, a a cc of chicken packaging juice yes a day later holy fuck you want to you want to burn your kitchen down you want to just take your entire trash bin and and throw it out with the rest of the garbage little yeah. like garbage bag and just like kill yourself for letting your house become a fucking dump because oh, yeah. that's yeah immediately once that happens to me i'm like ugh, i'm disgusting and i'm like i will wash out the bag when i when i'm done you know the little cellophane wrap I, I will rinse it thoroughly in the sink just so that when i throw it away i'm not overwhelmed the next day and it never works it's yeah. it, that stuff is vile I've I've definitely uh, I try to just throw it away immediately, like move it out to the dumpster. But when I yeah. don't, it's such a such a horrible way to wake up and just realize you fucked up. One horrible smell 
that I mm-hmm. just encountered. Like, I don't know if I've just, any other time I've encountered it, I've just blocked it out of my mind. But Uh-oh. I went running and didn't realize that there was roadkill, like, right next to me. And it was, like, oh. few days old, and it's been 95 the last few days. And it uh. it's probably the worst smell I've ever smelled, you know. Wow. Death. I, I, I got to say, well, roadkill isn't something I've, you know, I'm not used to like I, I see it all the time um i've never noticed a smell i've never noticed a roadkill odor but i'm not the one out running in in 90 degree heat yeah so. i mean the heat's not I'll helping the, the heat is not helping at all um, no and heat i think doesn't help any smell i i notice when it's colder you smell things less and maybe that's your own nose um the vessels in it contracting or whatever i don't know but think about like winter time it doesn't really smell like anything. You're and right. And then summer is just heavy with all these smells. And you're just like, ugh, I don't want any of this. I'm going inside. Like, when you're in the shower and, you know, you happen to let one rip, that smells terrible and immediately. And I think it's all because of the, the, the heat in the shower. I always thought and it somehow had to do with the dampness. Product. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, it might be a combination of the two. Maybe, maybe like sound smell travels faster in water. I don't know. <laughs> oh wow, I'm sure there's a real easy answer to this. Um, but the oh, shower, rem- the shower reminds me, Steve, of the smell go ahead, go ahead. that brings me back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we should end on this. I'll give my smell, and then if you have a smell, let me know. Sure. Sure. Um, Pert Plus shampoo. Okay. I've like never used it except in one amazing week of my life. And that was okay. fifth grade camp. <laughs> Caritas Creek in California. Um, mm. So we slept there every day. It was like three hours away from my house. And it was like the first time I was way away from my parents for that long. And, uh-huh. uh, it really was like a growing experience for me. And Pert Plus is the smell that anytime I smell it, it just brings me right back. It takes me back to when I was like 10 or whatever. Interesting. Uh, so an amazing smell, but I never use Pert Plus because I don't want that smell to lose its meaning. Interesting. And that, like any specific um, scent of Pert Plus or is Pert Plus just one? I have no idea. Uh, default scent okay it's the green one and i think it was a shampoo plus conditioner but it's also 20 years ago so who knows hmm yeah mine is um and this is kind of a this will fall under bad smells that give you pleasant memories if that makes sense okay um whenever i up to see my grandparents um they live on the coast of Maine and their house is right on the water. And that's great. It's a lovely home. Um, low tide smells horrible. Yeah. And like to a lesser extent, I think the ocean smells terrible, not, not terrible, but when you get in a car in, you know, some inland region of Massachusetts and drive for two hours and then get out of the car on the coast, you notice the, the smell in the air. And it's funny, you don't notice it anymore after that. Like, it's only noticeable for that first five minutes or so that you get out of the car there. 
Uh, I actually noticed this when we went to Weber's recently. He lives in Beverly um, on the coast. And when I got out of the car at his place, I was like, oh, I smell the ocean. And I just I thought of going up to Maine to see my grandparents. So, you know, I don't go to the beach that much. I think that's clear based on how when I smell the ocean, I, I think of um, my grandparents rather than the beach. But, um, yeah, that's that's what I've got. Hey. And again, low tide smells horrible. It does. Yeah, I mean, the ocean in general typically doesn't smell very good, but since it's mm-hmm. kind of fun, you give it a pass. Um, oh, and fish. Well, while we're on smells. Yeah. Bad smells. Oh. Fish. Oh, my God. Literally the worst like- smell there is is microwaved fish at your office. Oh, oh that a- sounds horrifying. Yeah, there's we a special place in hell for people that microwave fish in offices. <laughs> All right. So what else you got today? Yeah, it's time to change the subject. Um, I don't like doing this podcast with fewer than three subjects. So let's talk about favorite sandwiches. Favorite sandwiches? Oh, boy. Favorite sandwiches. Maybe a sandwich hierarchy. Um, Personally. future uh, like a rank and file possibility. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's come up with, you know, a top five between the two of us. But I'm... I'm gonna put my my four favorites. You put other another four, or vice versa. You put up four. I'll add right. additional four, and then we'll cut we'll cut three. The we'll have the top five sandwiches ever created. All right. You know what? This is your this is your subject. I want you to start. I want oh. you to lead off. All right. All right. So we were talking about peanut butter earlier. Peanut butter mm-hmm. and jelly has to be on there for me. Thank you. Has to. Be. I was so worried you were gonna. I was so worried you were going to say peanut butter and fluff, and then we'd have to argue about peanut butter and jelly versus peanut butter yeah, and fluff. I, I'm You're for, absolutely right. It's peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, I don't even understand that argument. No one outside of no, New England you. even eats fluff. And, and they call it a fluffer nutter. And it's, 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 it's dessert. Absurd. It's dessert is what it is. It's absolutely dessert, and I'm not going to hear anything right. else. Um, it's probably the same for you as a peanut butter and jelly, but... Peanut butter and jelly just feels like lunch, at least for a child. And I agree, peanut butter and fluff is is garbage. That's junk food. Get that out of here. Yeah. Well, if there's someone that loves fluffernutters, I'm guessing it's Tim. He ate a whole thing of it's, fluff in like ten seconds. I remember him doing that. He's a monster. He's a fucking monster. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the an Italian sub up. I love the Italian okay. sub. Um. I'm gonna go. Did you like a little bit of olive oil on your Italian sub? Yeah, or? yeah. I uh, I just had one today. I had some olive oil. I had some oregano. Um, not a big onion or tomato fan, but whatever. Um, had the hot the hot spread. Mm. It was the good. Hots and the I think are what makes the Italian sub. Absolutely. Um, More than the me and the cold cuts. It's in the onions. Because for me, it's like. I don't know if you just made a, a sandwich out of salami and a uh, capricola or something yep. prosciutto. Like that's that's kind of just a variation on a a ham sandwich. Yeah. Speaking of ham sandwiches, I'm putting a ham ham sandwich on there. Ham and Swiss, big fan. Okay. I love Swiss cheese and like ham. A on there? Do you like a, a mayonnaise? Yeah. So definitely some mustard. Mayonnaise, I could give it. You know, I could go either way on, but if if we're going mustard and mayonnaise, that's one mm-hmm. thing. But I would never go mayonnaise only. 
Mayonnaise only on a sandwich is a no go for me. Um, Interesting. And then that's I, my and I'll admit, and I'm not afraid of a little mustard, but you know, it, uh, it's mayonnaise first by by a good margin, and then mustard. I love mustard. Love it. Um, all right, so I have peanut butter and jelly, Italian, ham and Swiss. I'm going Thanksgiving sub here. Okay, interesting. Like a thanks, like a leftover turkey, cranberry sauce. Yeah, but like you know, it's become its own cottage industry where rather than waiting until Thanksgiving, people have stuffing on their sandwich every day. Um, and turkey breast. Yeah. yeah. Those aren't necessarily my top four, but those are four that I want in contention. That's that's a great variety. Um, right off the bat, I'm gonna I'm gonna join in here, and I'm gonna throw the the classic grilled cheese sandwich in the mix. Ooh, that's a strong call. I think I was too Love. myopic and not thinking outside the box or bun. I think outside the Taco Bell. I'm sorry. Um. A grilled cheese sandwich. Um, some people make them with mayonnaise. I know I just said mayonnaise, but like, no, butter. Butter? Butter. Okay, who puts fucking mayonnaise on it? Like, I know white I said Tim was a monster, but those people, they're fucking monsters. So Marissa actually used to butter the inside and outside of the bread before she made a, a grilled cheese sandwich, well, that's, which is... That's strong. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of butter. I um, like it, though. But it was, um, you know, they were great. A grilled cheese sandwich to me, too, can have, like, I'm thinking of Kraft Singles if I'm thinking of a childish grilled cheese sandwich or one that I would have as a kid. Put almost any cheese in a grilled cheese sandwich, and it can just, it takes on a life of its own. I know, but it has uh, to be made right, you know? Like, oh, yeah. You got to melt the cheese, but also perfectly golden the outsides. You gotta crisp the bread but melt the cheese. Totally agree. It's tough. All right, next sandwich. I'm thinking like provolone and Munster is a great one-two punch. Really? I I don't know how I feel about melted provolone. Oh, okay. It'll it'll make you so when you bite into a a grilled cheese sandwich made out of provolone, you can do that thing where you just pull the bread away from your mouth, keep your teeth clenched, and like up to three feet of cheese will just you know, lady in the tramp between you and your sandwich. I'm not saying that's what you want to do, but it's a very, I really like the texture of a melted. You're you're painting a delicious picture. Mm, I kind of want to grill cheese after this podcast. Nice. All right. Um, Let's see what else you mentioned a ham sandwich. I have to, um, I have to go with the roast beef sandwich. Okay. Um, not necessarily the one from your classic New England roast beef shop, although those are great. Um, in fact, you know what? Variety, I'm going to mix this up. I'm going to say your 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 three-way style um, horrible artery-clogging okay. roast beef sandwich. So like your Nick's with. roast beef sandwich. Yes, it, exactly. That's what I'm picturing. Um, so every place called Famous Roast Beef in New England. Mm-hmm. And often, like House of Pizza, if it's in New England, it'll include a roast beef sandwich line. Yep. All right. It's insane. Uh, let's think here. That was, you know, like an, like an Arby's sandwich, but better. Put it on an onion roll or a super roll, which is just a big onion roll. So good. Uh-huh. Um, little mayonnaise, little barbecue sauce, little cheese. Very, very good. Um, shit, I had one, and I've I've lost it. 
I have one uh, that I'm gonna add on to the end. I think because I fucked up. All right. Go but, ahead. All right. I think we should consider a chicken parm sub as well. Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna react strongly one way or the other to that, but I have some thoughts on chicken parm sandwiches. But I'll I'll save those. Okay. Well, you still got I two. Just I just added another. Yeah. You right. can add three if you want. All right. I'll do that. Because I added I go five. To sandwich at lunch at the workplace more often than not my the one i i most frequently lean on is the it is a a turkey wrap any specifics uh i go with provolone and mayonnaise you could go with mustard you could go with cheddar you could do whatever i like a turkey provolone lettuce tomato and onion wrap um very bland, but it's kind of a staple. You know, it's it's the sandwich you can rely on. It's the sandwich you could have every day. Um, All right, I buy it. Maybe you put bacon on it once in a while if you're feeling naughty. You know I do put bacon on it once in a while. I'm so glad you brought that up. But not every day because that would be, you know, that would be treating myself. Um, one sandwich I also have to, to nominate is a chicken and pesto panini. Okay, I'll hold my my tongue right now, but continue. Okay, do you have pesto takes? Continue. Takes? All right, I'll continue. The in fact the the most famous um, famous is a strong word, but the most well known perhaps uh, chicken pesto panini in our our little circle is the uh, the self titled Sweeney panini. It is Sweeney's favorite sandwich and one he has made before for me, and it's very good. And it has a little fresh mozzarella in there with the chicken breast and the bacon and the pesto. Oh, there's bacon in that one too. Um, very good. Very good. I like a I like a chicken pesto panini. So that's four for me, five for you. Can I think of a tenth? Uh, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna invite all the trolls on in by saying that a hot dog is my fifth sandwich. <laughs> hot dog it is. Um, all right. Everyone knows a hot dog. Not much to explain there. No, just, just it's mere inclusion on a list of sandwiches. We'll, we'll just set the world on fire sometimes. All right. So why don't we each pick away? Uh, all right, I think you're cutting the chicken pesto. I'm, I'm cutting the Sweeney panini for sure. All right. Explain. Um, so for me, when I have a sandwich, I don't, I like the contrasts in taste, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Like I like a little sweet, I like a little tang, sure. you know, spicy brown mustard on a, on a salty meat. Exactly. But I feel like whenever you get the, the pesto panini, everything just takes on the pesto taste, you know, and the pesto, it's not. It's a very pesto-y sandwich when you put pesto and on it. And pesto, I can, is fine, but it sort of mm-hmm. just, it's a dull taste that takes over and it just, it doesn't do it for me. It's just kind of boring. Right. You know, it's Tim Duncan. All right. Okay. I, I hear that. Now, because it's our, our shared list, if you want to cut it, that's absolutely fine. I'm going to cut the, the chicken parm sandwich. Okay. Um, let's hear it. I, I love chicken parm. It's a great classic Italian dish, great meal. Um, when you have it in a sandwich or in a sub, the bread, believe it or not, 
for me, kind of overpowers that nice contrast between the chicken, the breading on the chicken, the red sauce. Um, put chicken parm on a bed of pasta, which is basically the same as bread when you think about it. I'm all in. Put it on bread, and something's just not working for me. And I don't quite... I can't explain it beyond that, but kind of maybe kind of like your pesto thing. It's just a an overpowering uh, breadiness for me. Maybe I've just not had a good chicken parm sandwich. All right. Well, I buy it. Now you that know. I'm thinking about bread and sauce, I'm realizing we forgot the meatball sub. All right. If you're going to get rid of chicken parm, but then suggest that meatball sub is in any way better, you oh, you boy. know, I I totally disagree. But we've already okay. made the list. All right, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get one one rid of one more of yours. You get rid of sure. one more of mine, and then from those six, we'll we'll number them. Sure, sure. Okay. All right. Um, I don't know. I do like the hot dog. I'm gonna leave it on there. I'm getting rid of your turkey wrap. You put onions on it, and that was a no go for me. Yeah, I know you're not an onions guy. Fuck That's interesting. onions. All right. All right. Um, can I can I like self evict my my hot dog and we'll just rank five? <laughs> sure. Because right. I'm just not ready for that that emotional abuse. I'll take. Well, on, so on get rid of one of mine and then we're not even gonna consider uh, the hot, hot dog. dog. Yeah. So get rid All of right. one of mine. So you have four remaining. I believe they are peanut butter and jelly. Correct. Uh, an Italian sub. Yes. The the ham and Swiss. And the um thanksgiving sandwich so those are your four yeah yes of those i'm gonna have to cut the ham and swiss it's just it, much like my own turkey wrap it's kind of it's plain it's bland yeah um, it, it was filler yeah it, it you know a grilled ham and cheese better but then you know we're kind of in grilled cheese territory um so let me think All is right. that what i want to cut that leaves the, the the Thanksgiving sandwich, the Italian PB and J, and then you okay. and then you have right. grilled cheese, and then you have the famous roast beef. Yes. All right. All right. These are, this is five good sandwiches. It is. It's not the definitive list, but it's our definitive list. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Right now, you know, if I had to order it. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving's at the bottom. I might okay. I might put Italian fourth. I might Those put are probably also my bottom two for what it's worth. I think I'm gonna put roast beef at three. I think I'm gonna cut, mm-hmm. put grilled cheese at two, and I think I'm gonna put PB and J at one. You know what? I'm gonna co-sign with that. It's it's probably not exactly how I do it, but I had no problem with any of it, and I kind of like that our number one sandwich is peanut butter and jelly. All right, the- that's where we start. Everyone's number one sandwich is peanut butter and jelly. We and made just to be clear, we're talking creamy peanut butter and grape jelly. Yeah. Um. So that's fine. Okay. All right. I actually prefer apple jelly. Is that weird? I love well, me some apple before, jelly. Put peanut butter on apples, which is delicious. Yeah. So. All right. But I'm gonna say any any sort of PB and J counts. Like I can do crunchy peanut butter. I prefer uh, creamy, but you know, to each their own. Right. All right, Steve. Yeah, strawberry we, jam, strawberry jelly. It's all good. We've spent, you know, 
borderline 40 minutes talking about nonsense. It's time I mean, really. It's it's time to talk about something that matters. Oh boy. Well, it's time this, to change the this subject. This topic I have for you certainly is nonsensical. Okay. But it's um it's the Olympics right now. We're we're in week 2 of of the Rio 2016 games. True. And you know, they've gone off certainly not without a hitch, but I think they've gone off better than a lot of people were expecting. Um a few players have been robbed, a few have come down with like diarrhea. So did you uh, see uh not to cut you off, but there's actually reports that they weren't robbed and instead they like well, the, vandalized. Yes. Yeah, he wasn't robbed. Some other lesser like players from lesser countries have been robbed. Okay, but, sorry to derail. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Lochte was not robbed, and he in fact just kind of trashed a bathroom and peed on a gas station. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's so classy. I can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> he like too. Phelps beat him, and he didn't medal, and he's kind of giving this despondent interview and Marissa and I are like looking at each other like, you know, I, I do feel bad for him. He's a total jackass, but he never even came close to being Phelps and like, he's never going to. And then a few days later, he just goes off and basically trashes a gas station and takes a piss on it and then pretends he was robbed and then flees the country. So he doesn't have to answer reporters. Sorry. Um, the Olympics. So these Rio games are going pretty well, again, all things considered. But I want to talk about an Olympic, uh, a, 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 an Olympiad that maybe didn't go so well. And that is the 1904 St. Louis Olympics. Keith, do you know anything about the 1904 St. Louis Olympic Games? Uh, no, I do not, Steve. Okay. So some background information. This is the third Olympic Games. Um, after, you know, the third modern ones, the ancient world notwithstanding. Uh, they were held in St. Louis alongside the World's Fair over the course of five months from July through November. Wow. St. Louis was already having the World's Fair and nearby Chicago had won the bid for the Olympics. And St. Louis basically bullied Chicago into giving them the games by saying, if you don't give us the Olympic games. We're just going to have our own international sporting event. That's going to be so much bigger and better and fuck the Olympics. So the Olympics were like, fine, we'll, we'll be that big, good sporting event you're talking about. Cause this is only the third time we're happening. We're still kind of a fledgling thing. Um, we're not yet the Olympics as we know them today. So St. Louis stole the Olympics from Chicago, set them over the course of five months, very sloppy, very ill-planned. Um, this is 1904. This is before, international travel was really feasible. Uh, so there were 650 athletes at the games. 526 of those were Americans. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, the final medal table, Cuba came in third place with nine medals. Germany had 13 medals, second place. And I want you to guess how many medals America got. Uh, 150. Just 239. Wow. So, so uh, 200, uh, 26 medals more than the second place team. 
who again got there on boats probably from right. fucking Germany. I still don't far. see any problems here. Okay. <laughs> um, there was an event called Tug of War where the US took both gold and silver. There was no bronze medal. This was just they got two teams together and said, let's have a tug of war and then gave one team a gold medal and one team <laughs> and a silver. Both of them are American. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, in particular, I want to talk about the 1904 marathon. Uh, one thing before you do, did this Olympics yes. have the like art competition? Uh, I'm guessing it I did. I'm guessing it did. So. I just want to say that at some point there was an art competition in the Olympics. Continue. Wow. Okay. Um, Keith, you have run a marathon and you're, you're training to run another one. Correct. How, how hot would it have to be for you to say, there's no way I'm running a marathon today in, in this heat? Um, well, not to get like too annoying, um, but it really is going to... You would run the marathon. It's going to really depend on humidity. Yep. But anything above like 85 uh-huh. around here is just like unbearably hot after a few miles because like, you know, undoubtedly if it's that hot, it's also going to be humid. Right. Um, but I've, I've certainly run in like 95 degree weather before, but I've never mm-hmm. run anywhere near 26 miles in anything above like 75. Okay. So modern experts suggest canceling a marathon if it's expected to exceed 70 or 75 degrees. Seems and I know smart. that's super annoying, but that's why like, you know, marathons are often in the morning. They're often in cooler cities. I know you ran one in Orlando. Um, yeah, it started at 5 a.m. I think the ideal marathon, they say, is like 50, 55 degrees. Um, It was 90 degrees on this day in St. Louis. And that was in the shade. Parts of the course exceeded 100 degrees. Uh, They ran it on August 30th in the mid-afternoon. Not the morning and not at night. And it was Missouri, so you know it was humid. Yeah. You know it was as humid or worse than it is here. So, all right, super hot day, fine, no big deal. Um, the race was run on dirt roads with cars leading the way to clear the streets of cars and pedestrians because why bother like laying out an actual race course? Um, it's only 1904. The Olympics aren't really a huge deal yet. The, it's Running isn't really a huge deal yet. So they just kind of had to get people off the street as they were going. Um, the problem when there are dirt roads and, and cars kicking up dirt on those dirt roads is that the people behind them, the runners, might be inhaling some of those dirt clouds. So there was one guy who inhaled so much dust from the road that he keeled over and passed out. It's a miracle he lived. Someone found him, and he had severe stomach bleeding from all the soot and crap and dirt he had breathed in while running 26 miles or attempting to on a, uh, you know, 95 degree day. Jesus Christ. So, you know, there was that guy. Um, how often would you say you'd, you'd like to sip on some water if you're running a marathon? Um, like how, I know, well, so you might be water stops. 
It depends. I mean, if you most marathons will have a water stop like every couple miles. Um, mm-hmm. I like to space my water out as much as possible um, mm-hmm. f- for reasons I don't know. But I'll just say that when the worst run I had this year, when it was like super humid and like 85, not uh-huh. 85, like se- maybe 80, it felt horrible because it was so humid. Um, right. I ran nine miles and I thought I was going to pass out and like die of heat exhaustion. So, uh huh. So that I'll say nine miles is the worst. It's like the most you would want to run without water. Correct. There was one water stop in this entire marathon. It was about 11 or 12 miles in, which meant not only that you had to run 11 or 12 miles to get water, but you then had to run 14 or 15 miles without any water to finish the marathon. So there were 32 participants in this marathon race. Okay. 19 of which were American because again, most of the athletes were American of those 32 participants, only 14 finished the race. Uh, the others all said, fuck this and just stopped running at some point. I hope for their sakes, that was like two miles in rather than uh, 18 or 19, but I don't know. Uh, the race featured the first two black Africans to compete in the Olympics. It specified black, so I'm going to assume that like white South Africans had been there before. Okay. These two were only in St. Louis to partake in a racist exhibition at the World's Fair where they were going to play African tribesmen for some sort of expo. <laughs> so they were only even there for other reasons. And then someone said, hey, you guys want to run the marathon? They're like, yeah, sure. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, one of them, his name was Len Tao was chased a mile off course by angry dogs at one point. (laughs) That's so fucked up. He finished in ninth place. (laughs) That's amazing. Fucking thing feels like the movie rat race where just everyone's winding their own way to the finish with absurd shit happening to them. I can't tell if this would be an amazing movie or like the worst movie ever. I, I can't even tell if it'd be a comedy or like a, a harrowing drama. Um, this is maybe my favorite guy. His name is, and I'll only try to pronounce this once, Enderin Carvajal or Carvajal um, from Cuba. He spends his life savings getting to New Orleans and then hitchhikes all the way to St. Louis to run this marathon. He's like the best runner in Cuba, and God damn it, I'm going to get to St. Louis to run the marathon. He hitchhikes there. He's out of money. He shows up in St. Louis on the morning of the race with nothing but the clothes on his back, which are, you know, picture 1904 business clothes or, you know, street clothes. That's what he runs the marathon in. So he's like one of those guys that dresses up like Kevin from uh, Up. Yeah, I, I mean, he doesn't have a suit coat on, but essentially that, yes. He's got a, a long sleeve shirt. Um, he's photographed at the starting line wearing a hat. I don't. I hope he didn't race in the hat <laughs> he did to avoid sunstroke. I don't know. But it's like one of those newsies caps that couldn't possibly feel good to, to run 26 miles in. Um, 
he's at the starting line and a fellow Olympian comes up and says, dude, you're wearing pants. Holy shit. You're going to die here. And he cuts the pants into shorts right there at the starting line. So our, our buddy Carvajal is like, all right, uh, thank you. He's still running in like dress socks and, or wool socks or whatever the hell they wore back then. And, you know, clunky shoes on dirt roads. Um, mid race, he ha- he hasn't eaten in twenty hours. He has hitchhiked here. He has ridden on trains to get here. He has not had a bite to eat. Mid race, he finds some apples or peaches or something on the side of the road, and says, "Oh, this is gr- I'm going to eat a few of these to just get my blood sugar back up." I don't even know if they had the concept of blood sugar back then, but you know they knew you had to eat food. He eats a few apples or peaches or whatever as a snack. It turns out they're rotten, and he cramps up immediately, keels over, probably shits his pants, and takes a short nap on the side of the road. (laughs) He wakes up. He finishes the race. He gets fourth place. (laughs) In his newsies cap with, you know, stuff just leaking out of his butt probably the whole way, keeling over, clutching his stomach. Fourth place for this guy, just off the podium. Tragic, really, because if he hadn't keeled over and taken a nap, he might have made it to the podium. Instead, the podium was all Americans. Uh, with an asterisk, there's this guy, Albert Corey. He's from France. He doesn't have his papers with him. So at the start of the race, the officials, who are you know all American, say, all right, you're running for USA because you can't <laughs> prove you're from France. Even though they knew he was from France. Uh, so, so it still goes down in history or whatever as uh, a win for the, or a silver medal for the USA in the 1904 Olympics. That's amazing. And the best part is, I think he competes in other events at the Olympics and he's competing for France and they don't care. <laughs> and he's there for to represent France. America doesn't care. America says... Thanks for the silver, buddy. Don't forget your papers next time. So America sweeps the podium. Uh, there's a guy named Frederick Lors. He's an American. He's out to an early lead, and like more than half of the participants in the race, he says, fuck this. I am quitting. This is too much. I, I don't, I don't want to run this marathon anymore. So a lot of these guys running the race, they have their coaches and trainers with them just in cars going alongside them or just behind them or in front of them or whatever. So he's done and he's like, all right, guys, I'm just going to hop in the car. And they say, that's fine. And they're taking him back to the the stadium where the race starts and ends. And they, you know, just because why not? You, you've given up. You're not going to walk all the way back. He, he hitches a ride. Um, it is 1904. The car breaks down <laughs> about a mile out from the the finish line, the starting line, whatever. And Frederick Lors says, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'll jog back to the stadium. He does so, and he is hailed the winner because <laughs> there are no, there are no um, you know, it's, it's the age before really GPS, obviously, but any sort of official capacity to monitor the race and make sure no one is cheating. So he gets to the finish line. And they're like, hey, congrats, you won. And instead of correcting them, he's like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna roll with this. I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with this. Which brings us to lastly, uh, the real winner of the race, 
and this guy, he's just a fucking tragic figure. Uh, his name is Thomas, Thomas Hicks. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. His name is Thomas Hicks. He's, he's leading like the entire second half of the race, um, but he's fading. He had water at mile 11, and he's got to run another 15 miles without any water in, again, the worst heat with dust clouds all around him. His trainers are in a car behind him. They're refusing to give him any water. They have some, but they're like, no, water's going to slow you down. He's like, please, give me, give me water. I'm, I need water. They're like, no, 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 you can't have water. But you can have this brandy. So they <laughs> feed him fucking brandy while he's running the race of his life. Because, again, 1904, science. Yeah, that's water would slow you down. Here's some brandy. Not only that, as he begins to slow down and really just cramp up and, you know, dehydrate, he's slowing down. His trainer says, you know what you need? You need some strychnine sulfate. Now, Keith, have you heard of strychnine sulfate? I have no idea what that is. As like a, as a substance that might help you run a little faster. No, no idea. Do a little better. A little PED for you. It has been banned in competitive racing. And the reason it's been banned is that it is rat poison. <laughs> it is a stimulant in small doses. And what it does is inhibits the chemical reaction that makes your muscles stop moving once they've started moving and contracting. So basically he has no will to keep going, but his trainer is giving him rat poison <laughs> and he is, his muscles are locking up and kind of, you know, Frankenstein running with locked knees and jittery arms because he cannot stop moving. He's almost dying at this point. He's dehydrated and his trainer's like, no, you, you're in first. You got to keep going. You're going to get there. Here's rat poison. You know, he's like, I, really, I need some water. Oh, here's some more brandy. So he drinks even more brandy. He spends the final five miles just staggering, barely walking to the finish line. Um, he crosses the finish line after three hours and 28 minutes. Wow. Now, at this time, the world record for the marathon is under three hours. It's like two hours, 50-something minutes. So, you know, this guy, well, that's an admirable pace for sure. He is significantly beyond a normal marathon winning time. Um, Frederick Lors is there, and he's still pretending to have won. And this just crushes our guy Thomas Hicks, who has poisoned himself. He's drunk. He's delirious. He has no idea what's going on, really. Uh, but he knows no one has passed him. He at least thinks that he's like, how did this guy win? I was in first place and, and I get to the finish line and here he is. And finally, uh, uh Frederick Lors is like, yeah, all right. I was just playing. I, I got in a car and, and drove to the finish and the Olympics ban him for life. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, don't ever pretend you've won gold at the Olympics when you haven't um, Thomas Hicks gets his gold medal. He barely even understands what's going on. He has lost eight pounds since the start of the race. Think of how much water that is. <laughs> eight pounds. This guy's probably like a buck 30 or a buck 50. Cause no one was big back then. Yeah. 
there's a fucking Cuban guy with stomach cramps in regular ass clothes who gets fourth place. The first black athlete in the Olympics has been chased off the course by angry dogs. <laughs> the 1904 marathon. This is its legacy. And I just, I hope the marathon in Rio goes a little better for the men in a, in a few days. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Even if come down with Zika or, or, yeah, you know. I can assure you that no one's going to take rat poison. Right. That so is. yeah, if you're looking for a, a, a little boost in your marathon, Keith, this fall, eh, consider some rat poison and brandy because mm. that helped one guy win the Olympic gold at this event. So, well, Steve, that was an amazing story. I don't, I don't know what, how to even respond to it. I, I don't, I don't know if there's much you can respond yeah. to. It's, it's a story that I think needs to be told. Uh, I'm not the first to tell it by any stretch, but I'm, I'm just, there aren't enough people who are aware of how fucked up the world yeah. was a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so. We've come a long way. Uh, Holy so smokes. The people who, who think that we're, you know, getting worse and worse, at least we're not the 1904 <laughs> marathon, which is all right, like, well, that's all. That's all I had for my subject. I'm right. sure there were more fucked up things in the 1904 Olympics, but I know I've, I know yeah. I've run pretty long. Right. Well, point, so. that was, that's borderline unbelievable. Um, but it was a great topic, Steve. I hope from well, time you. to time you bring more anecdotes like that or whatever. <laughs> um, I'll glance from the history books. Uh, but um, I think we're out of topic, Steve. Uh, is there All anything right. you want to say uh, before we go? Um, not really, no. We, we, end, we usually end with a pitch. I'm going to pitch uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because they're – they're delicious, and if I don't have one right now, it's going to be because I have a grilled cheese sandwich instead. Yeah, that's that's a great plug. Uh, just follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Game Time Bro. Um, but like I said before, we're out of topics. We're out of time. Goodbye. <laughs>